1: the Athletic.
2: Wow, what a day that was on Saturday for Manchester United and listeners I need to ask you, have you calmed down yet? Pogba, Through ball, looking for Greenwood. Greenwood gets away from Strap. Greenwood's in here, Greenwood! Fabulous! Oh, what a goal! Fernandes! Oh! Amazing strike! Greenwood helps it to Pogba. Striding forward, Pogba, nice ball in.
1: Fred! What a day this is!
2: What a way that was then to open the new Premier League season for Manchester United. Manchester United 5, Leeds United 1. A packed Old Trafford once again. The noise was absolutely incredible. Rafael Vale before the game. Bruno Fernandes scores his first Manchester United Premier League hat-trick. Paul Pogba becomes the first. Your Manchester United player in Premier League history to get four assists. In a single game, Jaden Sancho was given a debut, even Fred scored in the words of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. What a day that was and what a podcast we should be set for reacting to that statement result really for Manchester United on the opening weekend. So I should say welcome, this is Talk of the Devils, the athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United. I'm your host Ian Irving and of course we need to introduce to you as well our supporting cast today. So the athletics Carl Anker is with us once again. Hello Carl.
1: Hello, mate. How are you getting on?
2: I'm quite good today, yeah, as I'm sure most people are, smiling on a Monday morning on the way into work. Andy Mitted is with us as well, the editor of United We Stand and also contributor, of course, The Athletic. Hello, Andy. You're buzzing as well, I take it.
0: Yeah, brilliant start to the season. I think every Manchester United fan will will feel the same. That That result has set the mood and it's a very good mood, so I'm sure we're going to talk about it.
2: Yeah, we certainly will. And actually, it was only supposed to be Andy and Carl on this podcast, but... We also have a very, very special guest joining us too. Uh, Nostradamus is actually with us. Laurie Whitwell or Mystic Meg, however we want to term you, Laurie. Unbelievable prediction. Except it, Peggy, were calling me off off uh, recording, Ian. Um, I was actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know if people would get the reference, though, Laurie.
3: <laughs> I got it. So let's let's go with it. I enjoyed okay. it. a bit of Brian Connolly back in the day. Um, yeah, no, listen, I, I thought I had to come on. Uh, you don't get many right, do you? So let's have a little humble brag. Although when I would listen back to the podcast, I was like, how strong did I go with that prediction? It wasn't quite as strong as I thought uh, in my mind, but no, the kind of sense and the mood, that's what I was feeling ahead of the game anyway.
2: Laurie, don't undo it before (laughs) people have even heard it. Let's take a listen to it.
3: I think Solskjaer enjoys that kind of jostling, sort of looks at how can I beat this team? And and he did it really well in the home game against um, Leeds. I think the away game... They were suffering from fatigue, weren't they? it? Was a, it was a long season, you know, for both teams. Um, but it will be interesting. I, I, yeah, I hope there's goals, Carl. I, you know, I think it'd be a great way to start the season off. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of picturing, for some reason in my mind, I'm picturing Fulham 2006-7 uh, season when United just went away and blitzed them first game of the season. So fingers crossed.
2: I think that's strong enough, Laurie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's a great. You can go now as well, mate. You don't need to join us for the rest of the podcast. See You've yeah. done your moment. <laughs> Logging off. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Right, on with the show in just a second then. But first, to celebrate the start of the new Premier League season, The Athletic are offering you a 33% discount. That's a third off the regular price you'll get the same great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around as well as ad-free versions of all their podcasts including of course this one get yourself theathletic.com forward slash man united pod for a third of the price of a subscription that's theathletic.com forward slash man united pod
1: i can't believe it i can't believe it football
2: bloody hell Right, I don't really know where to start, to be honest. I think I've said this every single podcast so far, but there's something about scoring five goals on the opening day against Leeds in front of a capacity crowd at Old Trafford once again that makes it even more difficult than usual. Um, let's do Bruno Fernandes, because he just seemed to save his very, very best performance for United for when fans were back inside Old Trafford, Carla, He was absolutely unbelievable, wasn't he?
1: I very much enjoyed his social media post where he said he was waiting for crowds to come back and then he'd get his hat-trick. Um, he was fantastic on Saturday. It was very much a repeat of what happened at Old Trafford in the 6-2 victory over, over Leeds United. So we've spoken before, Leeds play this man-marking system, so that, if you beat your man and drag around, drag the Leeds player into space, you tend to profit. Uh, so in the, on Saturday it was Robin Koch on Fernandez, and Fernandez just gave him a terrible day. He was like, oh, you're not Calvin Phillips. I'm just going to drag you all over the place and deeply confuse you. Uh, the fourth goal for United was a really nice one. It was the long ball over top from Victor Lindelof. You can see Fernandez and Greenwood look at each other just before the ball comes comes over. And Greenwood goes, oh, just take a step forward. Drag out the centre-back. So you only really have to deal with a defensive midfielder. Uh, and we just saw that repeatedly against Leeds where there were so many good rotations and quick movements from all of United players that you were having Leeds defensive midfielders standing out in fullback areas, fullbacks in central areas, and defensive centre-backs just not understanding what to do. Leeds had no idea what to do when everything started clicking and uh, that's the joy about this United team. When they click, they're so much fun to watch.
2: Difficult to pick out a man of the match from all of that, Andy, but was it Bruno for you or was it any of the others?
0: I think Bruno and Pogba were, were the main two. They scored, they assisted, and it's great that they are because Bruno's been consistent. His, his statistics are, are amazing since he came. Far too many of those um, games that he's played have been behind closed doors, and everyone talks about Cavani moving to Manchester at the wrong time. Bruno did as well. I remember speaking to him earlier this year, and he, he ex- tried to explain to his, his daughter that, you know he will be allowed out of the house at, at some point, but most of his games where he was brilliant, he was playing um, with no, with no fans there, and he, he said he couldn't wait to hear the fans singing his name and and then some. Look at it it was, in, it was incredible. But one thing on Bruno, the day before the game, Oli said he didn't he didn't say it wasn't right that an attacking midfielder was his top scorer, but he said he he wanted more goals from his strikers. Now United had the deficiency of strikers on Saturday. So I'm not sure whether Bruno was listening to his manager, but he more than stepped up. There were no penalties there. And probably his best performance, Pogba as well. Both of them were amazing. And there were top performances throughout. And I've not felt this way after a game at the start of the season since Arsenal 4-1 in 89, when United beat um, a team, really good team, and everyone thought we're going to win the league this year. And United finished 13th. I can't see United finishing 13th this year, but I do think you need to, the team have got to get consistency, win, 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 win. Because don't forget, United have started the last few seasons really poorly. But that was amazing on Saturday. Let's enjoy the moment, encouraging team performance as well as individual performances with Bruno and Pogba, the standouts. You mentioned there about Bruno's name being sung. Andy, I was working
2: for the Premier League at the weekend and at the minute, because of the COVID restrictions that are still in place, The the post-match interviews have to be at the side of the pitch. And basically in the corner where the tunnel is at Old Trafford, no one left (laughs) because they saw the interview boards being set up. So the idea of watching the players and managers do their interviews after the game obviously was fantastic for the fans in that corner. So picture the scene, literally on full-time. Mason Greenwood coming off the pitch is stopped. Bruno coming off the pitch is stopped. And they're taken to in front of the board. And Des Kelly from BT has to try and do an interview and they're only a couple of metres away from each other. But the fans were singing Bruno Bruno so loud, they couldn't even hear each other. So Des actually said he did a full interview without being able to hear a single word of what they said. And then I interviewed Harry Maguire after that. And it was a similar story for me, to be fair. We were both just stood there laughing because of how ridiculous it all was. But it just gives you a sense, Laurie, of how much of a feel-good factor was around Old Trafford. There was no sense of anyone trying to beat the traffic on Saturday. I think it's obviously that build-up, isn't it? It's been so long since fans have been in.
3: Um it's quite a nice bookend I suppose the, the fact that, you know, United signed off with full crowds with a 2 0 victory over Man City and have come back with a five one win over Leeds, you know, big games, big results. Um and clearly everyone was just absolutely buzzing to be there, players and fans. You sort of think about the reason why footballers play football. Um, obviously, they have enjoyment for the sport, but there's also, at that top level, the, the the embrace that they have from such a huge number of people singing their names or cheering their goals. And the celebrations were fantastic. I mean, you saw the joy on the faces. Greenwood, when he scored, the point to the stands and, and just sort of slide on his knees, just absolute um, ecstasy, really. Uh, and I think it was... That, that was the, the most pleasing thing because you know it's been such a long time so to actually come back with, with such a bang um, is really rewarding for I think everybody involved and as Carl's mentioned I think on a playing side of things the way that the forward players understood each other was really impressive. Um, I mean the, the way that Greenwood ran for his goal you know, Pogba's got the ball for a split second, and Greenwood's off, um, and and that's what gives him the edge on his defender. And the ball is obviously immaculate, um, you know, along the ground, um, and the finish, you know, just as good. So the the kind of the way that the forwards are moving off each other, and there was a kind of you know coordination to it all. I think was was really pleasing, and hopefully stands you know United in good stead for the rest of the season to get that consistency, as Andy says.
2: Yeah, Mason Green was a real feature of that game, not so much in the way as his movement with the ball and and obviously his goal, which was probably the most important goal in the game. But also, like you were referring to before, Carl, his movement of opening up space for Bruno, his movement of opening up opportunities for Pogba as well. And maybe there was a slight surprise, actually, that Greenwood was selected by Solskjaer to be the centre forward in this game because, obviously, Anthony Martial was available and was on the bench as well. Obviously, Edison Cavani's only just back in the country, so he's not an option. Marcus Rashford's not an option. But Greenwood has a, a real opportunity... To now sort of make this position his own, doesn't he, Carl?
1: Very much so. Greenwood has really surprised me in his movement and his development. So I very much had him pegged down to turn into a fixed number nine and to very much only really work in the penalty year. So his shooting ability is so good. If, you know, if most I could see a number of football clubs getting a talent like Mason Greenwood and go, you know what? Just work around the penalty area. Don't work about don't worry about you know tracking back. Don't worry about dropping deep. Stay fixed. Shoot on site. Big splash bosh. That leads performance. When you look at his goal and how far wide he has gone to get that goal and the the way he's finished that that low shooting profile into the far post and it's gone in. That that is a testament to how Ollie has coached him and how he wants him to learn everything from centre, not just centre forward play, but just general attacking play. So in the press conference afterwards, I went to him, you know, I went to Solskjaer I said, Greenwood's doing a lot of stuff. Uh, when you've got a guy like that who you, you probably want to turn into a number nine, when do you decide, okay, now I'll teach you this bit. Okay, now I'll teach you this bit. And then in true Solskjaer style, he nutmegged me and go, and went, who said I want to make him a striker? Uh, and I got very confused uh, and then he told me about how you know Greenwood's shown really good prowess in the middle, he's played really well on the right hand side and you look at his goal on the left uh, and then uh, you know Solskjaer gives me a follow up question which he doesn't always do and I said well is the, is the is the goal to one day make him a striker or is it just to have him play all over the place and then Solskjaer said well he, he's got forwards, he hasn't got strikers, he says Cavani's the only player he wants to be a striker uh, and then he brought up Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo as a possible front three and he said good players can always play together. So I think that has been interesting the fact that he seems to want to create almost a positionless front three of players like Mason Greenwood of players like Anthony Martial of players like Mason Greenwood and when you factor that in getting in someone like Jadon Sancho and getting someone in like Donny van de Beek really makes sense that like, you know eventually man united are going to play with four very young, rapid players all running over the pitch, just absolutely confusing centre-backs. So, uh, yeah, when United are going to click, it's going to be very frightening. I had this very fun thing where I was looking at the Southampton game on the weekend uh, and going, well, you know, Southampton play this formation, that means United will probably get them in wide areas. But if they clog the middle, then United will just attack that way. And if they do this one, then United can just do this one. And that's really fun now. United have got... A way to hurt teams in a way they didn't have two or three seasons ago they can get at you in three or four ways i'm really liking luke shaw now as well i don't know what's happened to him but he is simultaneously looking like he's in cruise control and also looking like he's and also still putting in eight out of tens he's playing football now like he's whistling
2: with luke at the minute there's like this thing where he sort of like looks like he's lost the ball to the opposition player, and he just sort of like sticks his arm in the way or his, his leg in the way or his body in the way. There's a real sense of control, Andy, about everything he seems to be doing, Luke Shaw, at the minute.
0: Confidence. He's a player on top of his game, and there's been times in a very difficult time at Manchester United, be it injury or not having the, the trust of his manager or the full trust, when that's not been the case. And you've seen him, as Carl says, he's going forward. It's brilliant. I mean, he, he was clean through... Um, on goal a couple of times and you can just see him reacting. Um, I know he, his, his family go to all of the, of the matches. they become good friends with some of the other families. So Not just about the individual. This is someone very happy in their life. Uh, professionally, personally, uh, people said about Alex Tellis pushing him on. Maybe, but we don't know whether that's a 5% factor or a, or a 40% factor. I think the main thing is Um, he is playing to his full potential. Um, I won't be popular for saying this, but Ed Woodward deserves some credit with Luke Shaw because he was the one who pushed and pushed and pushed to get him when Chelsea fan Luke Shaw was wanted um, by Chelsea. There's been several times where past United managers have wanted to move, move the player on and Ed Woodward has basically put the foot down on the advice of the, the football people at, at the club. And he's been vindicated. And you, you, you're seeing a confident player saying with Greenwood, you're right to mention the Streat for them. we should mention the Red Army. They were the people who stayed behind. They were the people who were singing. They've waited a long time to do that. And if you remember the last time United had fans inside Old Trafford, a full crowd, they also stayed behind then after that Derby game, singing away for 10 or 15 minutes and, that's becoming there's there's a movement there as well you know getting the, the the cheaper beers people are getting in the ground earlier and leaving later no one's rushing out unless they're selling fanzines, before the end of the game and all of these little contributory factors just build into this pot of goodness which can result in what we saw on Saturday. Just hope United don't lose at the weekend now because we'll look a bit foolish. But Shaw is one of several players, absolutely confident. We saw that with, with England. He's back in the England fold, barely featured for England for years. Uh, I can remember seeing him in Brazil 2014 in the World Cup and just barely played for the national team. But he's become one of Manchester United's main players. He really has, you know, top three or four. And, and it's great to see. Somehow we're approaching twenty minutes of this podcast, and
2: we've not we've not talked about Paul Pogba yet, which I promise we will do in a minute. However, from what you've just said there, Andy, Carl, I want to pick up pick it up with you if it's possible. And um, how much did unveiling Raphael Varane as a surprise right before kickoff to a full Old Trafford set the tone for Saturday? Because I have to say, I know that you've not been to Old Trafford full like that before because of obviously the situation with COVID and so on, but. That was a real moment. I, I, I'm struggling to sort of have a comparison to the to the cheer and ovation that Varane got as he walked out of the tunnel at Old Trafford. My ears were ringing. The, the hairs were was, was standing up. It, it was that sort of moment, Carl, wasn't it?
1: It was fantastic. You think about how last week we were all going, oh, where is he? What's he going to do? And I <laughs> quite cynically said they might do something to, to chime in with the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, no. No so, trestle but, tables inside either. Sod so all that. No cynicism. No worrying about uh, potential investors or whatnot. That was a moment for um, football fans, for the legacy fans, shall we say. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that tiny moment when Warren came over and hugged Rio Ferdinand. And he went, ah, here we go. This is what's going to be the plan. This is quite exciting. Uh, as we're recording this, The tweet has now gone out about Varian in in, in the United shirt and and doing his sort of chest pumping or whatnot. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to see how he's going to fit into that team. I'm very excited to see. um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of photos with him having a nice chin wag with Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes as well. So the serious business is about to start.
2: Yeah, I managed to speak to Real Fernand at half-time because he was in and around the broadcast areas where we are. And even he was sort of like buzzing about Varane as well. He was sort of like saying how amazing all these things that he's worn and how good he looked in his suit as well. He was the only man challenging you, Carl, I think with Rio as well for the, <laughs> the sharpest dressed inside Old Trafford. If anyone didn't see Carl's post over the weekend, I saw him there. A very, very sharp blue suit, Carl. I think it's only right that we should daff our cap to that. First
1: game, First game of the season. Of the season.
2: Absolutely. All why not? Right, let's do it then, Laurie. Paul Pogba, blimey.
3: Yeah, I mean, he showed everything that we hope he can, and um, he, he, I mean, when he first missed that chance as well, I sort of thought, mm, is this going to be one of those times where he tries too many things, it doesn't quite work? So actually, the way he performed after that deserves even more credit, really, because you know it could have been a bit of a, a head drop moment, um, you know, such a such a good chance, but the the, the sort of variety of his passes, the thought processes um, that were going on. I mean, the, the the fifth goal for Fred, he, he makes a lovely run to the, to the wing where you're sort of thinking, again, when that first started, it's not really clear exactly how that, that's going to shake down that move. And he makes it happen. And then, he, and then he's got the coolness to, to pick out the pass. Um, I mean, I thought, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And it, it sort of reflects, I suppose, a little bit of the noise that we're hearing about him just being pretty happy. I, listen, no one's saying he's going to sign a new contract anytime, you know, particularly soon, but it's not a case where he is... You know, we're not seeing a Harry Kane situation where he wants out of the club and it's a bit of a grey area and there's a bit of a shadow there. He is happy in Manchester. He's happy playing for Manchester United. And I think that was the fullest expression of it. And I also thought... You know, Going back to the Euros, and this is a similar thought I had with Bruno Fernandes, you know, both their tournaments ended in disappointment with you know, the games that they had, um, not, not personally, but for their teams. And I kind of felt that both of those guys you know, clearly wanted to come back and show you know, their truest selves um, for Manchester United. And I think Paul Pogba really did do that. And you know, when he's playing like that, he's a wonderful talent. He brings a smile on your face. Um, and you know, leaning over to,
2: to catch Fred on his shoulders was a nice touch as well to sort of celebrate that goal. Andy, you were nodding there. Do you think that's a sign, that performance and the joy in that performance that he, he may stay?
0: I've said throughout the, the season, uh, throughout the year, he would be amenable to signing a new contract. And you can look at that cynically and say, of course he would if the money is right and money's a factor. And he was brilliant on Saturday and we've seen him play brilliantly before. Some of the concerns about him won't just vanish away. United fans, I think, would like to see him be more committed, more consistent. He doesn't even say that he's a Manchester United player on his social media bios. And, and yet, very professional. People speak well of him at, at the club. It just, uh, there's, there's sometimes just complications with him. I've always said I'd love to see him thrive, and I thought he did. It was amazing. Um, and as Laurie said, when he was through at the start and he put the ball wide, for oh, no. But then he, you know, he put in a, a man-of-the-match performance. I was smiling because you mentioned Fred scoring. And I was trying to think, when was the last time four goals were scored by Portuguese speakers? That's their native language with Bruno and Fred and I don't even know how you'd even check that because there's no database, is it, which says which language people speak as the mother tongue? But it just we're just talking about all these different positives and positives and positives. And I think there'll be more complications with Pogba. There always has been. It's not just going to melt away and everything's going to be smooth. I think the way that his his career is structured with his agent, there's always going to be points of friction. And he might argue that if he's playing really well, he's going to come in and say, well, how about I'm paid the same as X and Manchester United, uh, I've got to watch the wage bill. What might work in United's favour is that two of the places Paul Pogba most wanted to go to before he came to Old Trafford, Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're in absolutely no position to sign him. So it leaves his number of suitors to a very, very small pool of maybe PSG who basically signed... 462 players and maybe can't can't sign anymore so I'm pretty optimistic and I always have been about Pogba and a compatriot coming in in, in Varane um, I'm told that they, they get on well Just signed the way that that was unveiled was brilliant and a proper throwback and if Martial another Parisian is playing you know all these little key factors I know that Jesse Lingard had always looked up to, to Paul Pogba as well so when there's success, when there's a good feeling, there are many claimants to that. Many people saying, this is the reason why, this is the reason why. The, the problems with Paul tend to come when United have won one of the last six matches and he's, he's not performed well. But for, for, for now, it's all sweetness and nice. And He can do things that Nova player can do. We can hit them passes. The vision, saw him do it for France in the Euros. And I wrote an article saying, why doesn't he do this for Manchester United? Well, he absolutely did against Leeds United at Old Trafford. He was
2: magnificent. So if Manchester United winning 5-1 on the opening weekend wasn't enough to whet our appetites, there were some other eye-catching results across the weekend. Of course, Liverpool and Chelsea both won and and, and scored three in their games. But Manchester City losing to Spurs. um, We were sort of talking a couple of pods ago, Carl, about what sort of a confidence we've got that Manchester United could have a title push this weekend. So after just one round of fixtures, is that confidence any different to the raised cadence I think it was that you had at the time?
1: Well, well I talk like, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think the interesting thing about United and the, and the big challenge for United will be what they do against teams that try and hunker down. So we know Paul Pogba hasn't, historically had good performances at St. Mary's. Uh, So, so, some tend to be a high-pressing team, tend to really get at Pogba and use him as a a pressing trigger. So, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with that sort of aggression. If you remember, the 2-2 draw was Jose Mourinho's last game and that was at St. Mary's and that's where apparently Pogba was called a virus. So, maybe he can be the antidote to United's attack in that game. Uh, There will be games sort of games against Burnley and whatnot, that will be challenges and whatnot. I think the big thing I'm waiting for is to see what United will do when Jaden Sancho is the starter. And then I can start going, okay, here we go. Now I know exactly how good this Manchester United team are. Uh, so I still have the feeling it's going to be April and August. I still think you probably need to get 85 points plus to win the Premier League. I still think United are probably closer to getting 82 but maybe they can get a bit more no no I'm, I'm i don't want to get too excited leeds are bielsa's leeds are one of those teams where their ambition and their system really works when Solskjaer wants to play against them and i think the good thing about united or the interesting thing about united on the solsha is every time i watch them have a bad game and go right that's it that's probably as far as Solskjaer can take them something Tends to arise that makes you go, oh, hang on, this will give, this could change things up a little bit, and the big one now will be Sancho, and and eventually, Varane, and what Varane does in terms of communication, especially with someone like wan If they, if you can, now you can sort out that problem with the crosses directed to the back stick as well, then I can start going, maybe more than quarterfinals in the Champions League, maybe a bit further, maybe more than eighty two points, maybe eighty six, and then we can really start saying ridiculous things on this podcast
2: yeah I think you're wise to leave it for the minute car considering we've only had 90 minutes of the season so. yep <laughs> <laughs> So another packed mailbag then to sift through on this podcast. We'll start with some questions about goalkeepers. Obviously, David De Gea started the the season as a Manchester United number one, maybe because of illness to Dean Henderson, maybe because... Ollie wants to go with De Gea this season I guess we'll find out that in in the weeks to come but uh, J.O. John C have both sent in questions about the goalkeeping situation John C asking how is Dean Henderson so can we get a a word on that first Laurie please
3: yeah he's obviously had uh, about a Covid that left him with um, some levels of fatigue that um, I think United were just careful about reintegrating him um, quickly into the into the squad he's obviously you know Uh, from what I've been told sort of chomping at the bit to get back you know he's obviously a very confident guy um, would like to be there challenging De Gea and you are right I think it's um, it would have been a debatable one who started the season if you know, Henderson had his hip thing uh, with the England squad so he came back from that and he's just been resting that and then he's had a sort of setback with the COVID. It's been a bit of an unfortunate summer for him so he might have actually been ahead of De Gea because De Gea was still away with Spain at the Euros um, during pre-season. Um, so it would be interesting to see. I think he'll be back soon, Henderson, into training um, and then from there just getting back to full fitness. But yeah, clearly David De Gea's got possession of the gloves. After a performance like that, I know it wasn't exactly a goalkeeping masterclass necessary, but you know a few good saves. Um, and so you know he's not going to be taking him out of the team. I can't see you've got Tom Heaton there as a very very able number two. Um, so it's an interesting sort of you know area of the team really to add, to add Heaton into that mix with De Gea and Henderson, where it was already you know uncertain who was going to be number one in that. Um, little battle um is is an interesting one but listen Solskjaer said that he likes competition he likes people being kept on their toes he did touch on the fact that he doesn't want it to to become a toxic situation you know sometimes when you have People vying for the same position, it can become draining. I think Dean Henderson did actually mention that in an interview um, during the summer where he spoke about last season how sometimes it it got to a point where he was a bit mentally uh, burnt out by it. But um, I do think that it's a you know, United need to have good players more than one in every position, and it's not a bad thing to have guys that are kind of pushing each other on. Um, David De Gea has needed that, I think, in the past.
2: Yeah, you'd think that actually having two potential number ones and a very experienced goalkeeper in Tom Heaton backing them up would be enough for some people. But Andy Jail's asking, is there any chance he could bring in another new goalkeeper to replace all of them?
0: I think that would be improbable at the moment, given um, one, Dean Henderson's got a lot of unfinished business at Old Trafford. Two, the size of David De Gea's contract. Uh, Three, Tom Heaton. Uh, Look really good pre-season. I wouldn't expect him to play much this year, but he's you know, he's a really good um, pro. Uh, so, no, I don't think that goalkeeper's situation at the moment is uh, is a priority. That may change, you know, two, two of them goalkeepers leaving, it changes. But no, there's, I also know that the club are, are very happy with the, um, the goalkeeping staff. Um, we've got Richard, um, Alan Fettis, and th- there's definitely a feeling that Dean Henderson's return has been good for pushing David De here. So, as Laurie says, more than one player for each position. But if you can create a positive energy and competition between these two pros who do respect each other, where they might end up getting thirty games a season each, or one of them might become—I won't say undisputed number one. I can't see that 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 happening. Uh, but but some some good can come from that unconventional as it seems, because you know the great United teams have tended to have one goalkeeper who plays almost all of the matches.
2: Get to another question then. This one on set pieces, it's Andy M. I'm presuming it's not you, Andy, is it? I don't take him, mate. I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask questions about it either, uh, but Andy M has. So, Carl, any view or insight uh, how our renewed focus on set pieces is shaping up? So, he's asking there really about the impact that you think Eric Ramsey may have made because Andy was sort of suggesting Andy M, the Andy M who sent the question in, not the Andy M who's with us every week, that we looked a bit more solid against Leeds from a set-piece perspective. What did you think?
1: One thing that did spring out um, on attacking set-pieces, so the free kicks, was uh, it wasn't so much Harry Maguire orbit where you just give it to Slabbed and see what you can figure out. So United did a couple of corner kicks With the sort of uh, what they call the love train or the billiard ball movement where all the United players sort of clump up by the penalty area and then when the ball is delivered in, they all split. Uh, And one thing I noticed on two or three, especially in the first half, was Scott McTominay stood directly behind Paul Pogba and as the ball came in, he sort of, at the very last minute, would break off from Pogba and try and attack the ball. So not only will you probably expect to see Maguire go from a unlucky Underperformance on XG uh, from from attacking corners, but I think you might see some more headed goals from Scott McTominay this season as well. On the defensive side, haven't seen too much change yet, but small sample size, only ninety minutes. Give me give me a couple of weeks.
2: Love train, explain it please. I'm confused. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a I think it's a disco dance. Okay, so it, you all sort of stand up in one like formation and then do the love train. Um, So yeah, Love Train or Billiard Balls. Uh, This was uh, the Cowley brothers who used to be at Huddersfield and other clubs were sort of thought to be the pioneers of of this sort of set piece section.
0: Love Train was a very famous nightclub in Manchester on a Wednesday night. First it was in Discotheque Royale and then it moved to the Ritz and it was very popular with Manchester United players in the 90s, the DJ was called Brutus Gold, and he played absolute classics from the 1970s. Could definitely pitch a lorry in there, and everyone would dance, the players would go along, and uh yeah, it was great. I used to go myself, yeah. Did you ever win Peter Polyester, Andy? No, I did I love loved the music. Um, wasn't a very good dancer, Laurie. I reckon you would have definitely been on the dance floor before me, but I can tell that. Uh, he, he's been around. Brutus Gold's quite famous he? in the north of England. And uh, yeah, the players um, used to go. And yeah, the, the one thing that reminded me of it last year was the um, RB manager. He, he came to Wall Trafford dressed like he was going straight to Love Train after the game. But <laughs> then after, the game. after United put five past them. Uh, he definitely wouldn't have uh, gone there. and I'm talking myself into a cul-de-sac here, but trust me, it was it was <laughs> decent. And there were big queues, and the United players didn't have to join those queues. They just used to go there and they'd stand on a platform. And I never saw any of them dancing. I saw a couple of them jigging. Who was the best jigger? Lee Sharp was a good dancer. Ryan Giggs could dance. You would have this. Um, uh, you'd have the first teamers, and then on the fringes, you'd have the the reserve team players as well. And I can remember like Michael Clegg when he was, he'd made a few first team appearances and he was unsure whether to sort of stand drinking with this group or given that he was now in the first team dressing room, move across a little bit and, you know, uh, draw a pint, Roy Keane, sort of thing. And Clegg is one of the people now working back at Old Trafford. Ollie's done a lot of that, getting people in who know the club, who understand the club. And, And that again goes into this big pot of goodness which I think is seen improvements. And another thing you should mention, the the rail seating. Fans have worked really hard to get a section of rail seating inside Old Trafford. That's where fans officially should be sat down. But you can stand up and you can lean, and it's been very successful, these these areas, at places like like Celtic Park and, and especially in Germany. And if you can have this situation where you've got the Red Army in the Stratford end, rail seats at the other end, maybe that can kick-start K-Stand again. And suddenly, you've got a cauldron of noise with the away fans there as well, and you won't even hear the away fans. So, yeah, it's all another reason for optimism, I think.
2: Yeah, Andy's question on set-pieces there (laughs) a direction that i never expected but i enjoyed every single minute of it so thank you everyone for your questions as always another great response this week i'm so sorry that we couldn't get to all of your questions but keep your eyes peeled from now on then Probably Sundays and Wednesdays going forward because our podcasts are going to be on Mondays and Thursdays on Manchester United. So if you look at the real-time section of the Athletic app, I'm sure Carl or Laurie will be posting in there, uh, giving you an opportunity to put your questions to our Athletic journalists and trying to get a little bit more insight on a particular issue that you want to know about. Actually, Carl, there was one real standout for me. In that feed this week, Um, it was a question from Tom C. You answered it actually very briefly, but I'd like to give you the opportunity to expand a bit. So, uh, Tom was asking, "How was your first full Old Trafford experience, Carl?" You said glorious. Expand on it, please. Oh,
1: I, that was the first game I've ever, I've ever covered United in, in a crowd that big, and I think after, as I'm recording this podcast now, is approaching a year since I've lived in Manchester. Uh, But due to COVID lockdown restrictions and whatnot, I haven't really seen much of Manchester outside the big Asda uh, and and sections of the Northern Quarter where I get my coffee. So it feels, I don't want to say football is back or, or, or everything's going back to normal because, you know, we still got to stay safe and still got to behave ourselves. But that really felt like a moment, not just the unveiling, not just the performance but that, that felt like a really nice Saturday. I even I even enjoyed that moment where you sort of go home, finish all your work, and watch match of the day, and I didn't even know all the results as well. Such was the way. Such was the way things work. So yeah, that was a really nice day, and I'm looking forward to to covering more of the season, being able to go out, talk to more football fans. If you think you've got a unique story about Manchester United, please don't hesitate to to get in touch in the in the QAs uh, and and the match threads and whatnot. So uh, onwards.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a real day that at Old Trafford on Saturday. It was probably one of my most favourite days ever, actually, covering Manchester United. The sense of everyone getting back together at Old Trafford to watch the football. And like we went through at the top, they've ran signing five goals against Leeds, even the banter between fans inside the stadium at times as well. It was great to have that back, booze and cheers and everything in between. I want to give a shout out as well, actually, uh, to Tammeh from the Manchester United Supporters Club in Delhi, uh, in India, because he sent me a picture over the weekend of, of the fans group back together in Delhi to watch the match for the first time in months. Obviously, not just at Old Trafford, where fans were gathering to, to watch Manchester United once again. But a lot of people in every corner of the globe having the chance to get back together to watch the football again, uh, which is something I think we should all celebrate as well. So thank you, Tam May, for pointing that out. And wherever you were in the world watching Manchester United at the weekend, I hope you enjoyed it as much as Carl did inside Old Trafford, because I'm sure that's a moment, Carl, that you'll you'll never forget.
1: <laughs> at a small moment, uh, during Paul Pogba's almost goal, well, I, I genuinely thought he was in. And I, uh, I did celebrate that a little bit more like a fan rather than a journalist. And I got sort of elbowed by Phil Hague. I saw you do that. I went, sorry, sorry. Let me calm down.
2: <laughs> you have to sit on your hands in future then.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, brilliant. Carl. thank you so much for being with us as always. Thank you to Andy as well. And Laurie, it was really kind of you to come on and boast about your prediction as well, mate. So thank you very much for that. It's got to be done has not it, sometimes, are you <laughs> once, once in a blue moon. Probably shouldn't say blue moon, should have, But... <laughs> No, you're bad now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you very much for being with us and thank you for listening at home as well. Don't forget, you can celebrate the start of the new Premier League season with a 33% discount to an Athletic subscription. You get access to the best sports writing around and ad-free versions of all the Athletic podcasts, one of which, of course, you're listening to right about now. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Man United Pod take advantage of this special offer that's theathletic.com forward slash Man United Pod. right well i hope this podcast like ollie and the boys performance on saturday has helped to brighten the start of your week we'll be back in just three days time for the next pod to preview southampton take care see you there
1: the Athletic.